Okay, right, we want to take some opportunity today, to, again, to be looking and to ramping up for clear sound. It's difficult when... Um, ah, I realise I've not got a clicker. I'm going to just have to click Anthony. Um, it's difficult when we, we, we want to be free. We want to uh, go wherever the Spirit leads us, all those kind of things. And yet we've got that clock on the wall that's governing me at the same time. Uh, and the kids are going to come back into us, and I'm very keen that, that we get our timing correct so that we can really make good use of them being with us. I get really distracted by distractions, so we should, should all look at Matt for a while, and we can get out of our system. Are you getting for the clicker? I could probably just click on the screen. You get me clicker? Get me clicker. Right, okay, good. Um, Elspeth, we will come to the learning zones at the end. So if I don't do it... Probably you'll all remind me now, won't you? Gleefully. Okay, last night, amongst a number of other things, I thought, I really don't feel this is ready. I don't feel it's a complete thing. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to have to work on it a bit longer. I've only got four slides and should have at least 18 or something. Um, and then I thought, actually, no, that's the, the whole point of today is not to give an answer, because uh, partly this is about what we're looking to. It's kind of the question we're going to be asking when we're at Clear Sound in itself. So, I mean, there are some exciting things coming together. I realise that we probably need to make sure we tell you a couple of times. We've got, you know, Mark McGrath is coming, which is going to be exciting to have him with us. Norma's coming, which is good. Um, we're waiting to hear from a couple of others. We might get Keith, we might get Hilton. We'll have to see what's happening there. So some exciting things happening in that sense. We're going to be together. There may be snow. There might be a cup match between West Ham and Derby going on that time. You know, that could... all exciting things. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a good time together. We'll, we'll be getting out more and more uh, details as we go through. Thought. Difficult when you reach a certain stage in life where you can't read your own handwriting. Okay, now I need to move that one because I can't see it now. And I like to look at multiple places. Right, quick recap on last week. Um, we looked at abandon. Remember, last week was about coming up the mountain, and that's, that's what we're doing now. Clear Sound is the mountaintop. We are now going up. Okay, we're not going to wait until we get there. We're going up now. So it's the thing about abandon in worship. And I, part of the whole thing about showing that video was that whole thing about abandon. And remember, I showed you some other videos of people musically abandoning themselves and roaring with, without words and that kind of stuff. It's funny, Chris uh, came to talk to me just during the worship there and, and talked a little bit more about what he had expressed at that worship practice. And he said there was a sense that when you, when you come through to the Holy of Holies, when the priest came through to the Holy of Holies, there was no exit strategy, or the exit strategy was a, was a rope around his leg, that if God had struck him down, he'd be dragged out. If we come through to a point of abandon, there's no exit strategy. There's no ah, but. I'm going to come and offer God everything, but not everything. There's no exit. You know, there is only plan A. Sounds like George Osborne. There's only plan A in that sense. Yeah? There's no way, there's no way uh, to get around it, to, to work out a deal. Um, so that's part of the abandoned thing there as well. We come to worship just there to minister to the heart of God. Nothing in the way. We lay all aside. We take the baggage off. Yes, great. But we also take off that, 
that mantle of ministry, or we go through to God as, uh, as, as naked in that sense. The naked worshipper, like the naked chef, but different. Yeah? Um, laying all those things aside. That reminds me of PJ. Hey, who saw the good news about PJ this week? Yes. Queen's Award, an international award. He will get it from the Queen. Do you think she is ready for such an experience? <laughs> Excellent stuff. Actually, let's just pray for PJ and for the work there. That's what I do. Father, we just want to lift up uh, our, our brothers and sisters in Sierra Leone. We pray for your protection. Father God, we pray for a blessing that everything they touch becomes tenfold. Lord God, everything they touch turns to gold. Everything they touch is multiplied beyond that which we can expect. And Father God, we take a stand against this dreadful disease. We, we, in Jesus' name, we banish Ebola. We speak its defeat. We, speak it, we see it as a strategy of the enemy that would tear people apart. And we speak its defeat now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, John and Dawn are in uh, Dominica and have had a good time so far. So let's keep them in our prayers as well. Okay, temple progress, right? The progression through the temple, thanksgiving. We talked a bit about this. Then into praise, then into worship. Key thing there. And actually part of that is this whole changing of perception, okay? From my way of viewing things to his way of viewing things. It's part of our maturing in that sense as well. And here's, here's the promise, here's the expectation that actually we will be reclothed in what God has for us. He will give us the technology that we need to come to the next stage. Yeah? That he would, we saw with Moses that gave him the law, made part of the whole thing is keep this law, work this way, and you'll become a holy people, a royal priesthood. Yeah? That's part of the whole deal there. That's what we need. We need that technology. We want to get that from God. Uh, here's the thing. It's, it's not about what we did last time. It's not, it, we, we can't take the technology from one era and move it into the next. We need a technology which is good. I remember a sketch which uh, I think Martin had me do it when I was a young person. Stephen, you might remember this. Do you remember the Bury the Budgie sketch? Yes, yes. So it's a whole sketch about two people, Smith and Jones fashion, talking about there's a need. And they, they go through this need. We've got to do something about this need. What, well, what, we do, what did we do last time? Well, we buried the budgie. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll bury the budgie. See, if there's a budgie that is dead, it needs burying. Okay? And that's an appropriate piece of work for that period. But if there's no dead budgie, and you're trying to bury a budgie, then, then it's lost. It's useless. The thing you're doing is not, is not right. So we need to hear God for now. Yeah? We need to get his technology. We need to get his solutions to come through. Right. Ooh. Right. Does anybody ever feel, or anybody kind of like a Sunday off? You know, are you not coming here? Yeah. I know sometimes we switch and we meet on a Saturday, and then it means we get the Sunday free. Does anyone, I, I kind of find I get a little excitement about that. I've got Sunday free. You know, I think, you see, what, what does the rest of the world do? They all go down Tesco's, I can tell you that. On a Sunday, everyone waits. Let's not do shopping any other time. Let's do it all in Tesco's, all right? 
Actually, someone said to me the other day, they said, you know, why is it that retired people all seem to go shopping on Saturday? They could do it the rest of the time. Anyway, maybe like that buzz. I got, I got a naughty comment there, but I can see that Mrs. Tizard wants to keep it to herself. Right. So what do people do? You know, have you, I reckon that Christian, you can tell Christians for the state of their cars because we don't get to wash our car on a Sunday morning. Yeah? Right. But I remember, actually probably when we used to meet in Good May's Primary, I remember when, when the leaders were away, we still used to meet on a Sunday morning. Can anyone remember that? No? You, well, it's before your time. You can remember that, just you and me, you can remember that. We used to meet together even when there was no leaders there. Now, there are probably all kinds of reasons for that, but I want to venture that we just couldn't get enough. We actually wanted, we didn't want the Sunday off, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not standing here saying, I, of course, I always want to be in church every Sunday. What I'm saying is that there was a time in our existence where we couldn't get enough. In fact, it kind of reminds me a bit of Acts 2. Uh, oh, it's small writing. I've got older. I do, yeah. Or longer arms. Right. Well, I've lost it now. Acts 2, verse 42. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> right. It's called the Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Uh, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, and they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, etc., etc. They liked getting together. Now, I know we like getting together, right? But... I, I kind of like it when we don't have a Sunday. Now, I know there's lots of other times we get together. I'm not, you know, bear with me here, but, but there's something. And I think one of the things I'd like to do, particularly for our young, our young people here today, aren't they? Look at them. I knew there was an air of excitement and joy in front of me. There they all are. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry to disturb you. Um, <laughs> right. I've, I've enjoyed sitting down with people like Ackerman Senior, uh, Jarvis's, other people that have been around for, for a while, and hearing why they came to our church. Because these weren't, these, were, these, were, um, these weren't new converts in that sense. Um, they were people who chose to leave other churches to come to us, particularly in the early days, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. There was something that, there's something that made them leave the denominations and things they were in because there was something about here. And I think that whole thing in Acts 2 was part of it. There was, there was healing. There was sharing. There was all those kind of things. There was something. Um, and I think sometimes we, we who have grown up within it don't realise what we've got. When I was... Um, in the States uh, for my year out, um, I remember hearing from one guy talk about another couple. They'd left their Baptist church to join the house church they were in. But in that part of America, the Baptist church is kind, of, is kind of the social club. They'd actually had to turn away from their friends uh, to join this new church. Not turn away, you know, be nasty to them, but that was their social set. They were, they were well-off people. They were, you know, they, 
had nice houses, all that kind of thing, and they actually, they actually chose to, I suppose, to slum it a little bit. Some of you might have chosen to slum it here. Some of you have moved to Goodmay. Some of you moved down. I mean, Southgate, Ken. Turn away from Southgate to, to live here. Some of you have moved up in the world. The northerners, particularly. Um, <laughs> we've made choices, you know. And, but I kind of feel that, that we, you know, when we started out, it was, uh, it was different. And I think there's something to recapture there in itself, right? Let me tell you about my dilemma this week. Last, last week, while we were meeting, there were over a million people marching through France, um, talking, uh, protesting about these, these uh, dreadful killings in Paris and those kind of things. And, uh, and obviously, from a faith action perspective, we potentially need to have some kind of comment on all that. Um, we, in that sense, we need a technology. We need a way of responding. But actually, I'd like to get ahead of it. Technology is not a message. It's a way of being. So this is what people have been saying. Just we Charlie. But I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't know how you feel. I don't feel there's something not quite right. These three million people, of course, there's a mixed bag of people. Some are just, you know, sense of solidarity, but some are, some are rubbing their freedom in the, in the face of other people. There's something, there's something not quite right. And this is part of the dilemma that I was trying to look at on Friday. I think, okay, how am I going to write a response to this, particularly from a faith perspective? It's almost like that the... My, my freedom to say whatever I want is a religion in itself, a fanaticism in itself, okay? Not um, condoning the killings and all those kind of things, but I kind of feel this is a better response. That says something more. So the thing after the, after the uh, stuff in, um, in Sydney, a uh, girl was on a... A Muslim girl was on a, a train or something, and she had a, a jab on... And she felt uncomfortable, so she started to take it off. And someone sat next to her and said, I'll ride with you. Because I think that's partly more where we want to be. There's reactions to that as well. Yeah? We, I, I don't want to just respond to those things. I want us to have our own answer. I don't actually want to be responding. I want to be preempting. I want a technology. When Moses came down the mountain with that law, there was nothing like it. There was nothing there. There was nothing there which, would, uh, which was to compare with it. Our world... Um, yeah, our world is in need of a clear sound. Yeah? In need of a message, in need of something. Right. So, what I said last week was we'd look at these two parts of clear sound. Firstly, there, there is that definite sound, that thing that you can tune in, the tuning fork, that kind of thing. I suppose I would call it the aroma of Christ. The kids are looking at this at the moment. So when they come back in, we'll be able to look together at what they're picked up and what we're uh, picking up as well. So the aroma of Christ, that's the key thing. Um, here, actually, let me t- just tell you a little, little story. Um, I took Josiah to the West Ham match this week. So I could take Augusto as well. Um, it's funny taking someone that's not a West Ham fan to a West Ham match. Last time I took Hans, who just spoiled everything for us. <laughs> Josiah had been, we'd bought uh, him a West Ham shirt. This was two Christmases ago. We bought him a West Ham shirt, got the number, his name on it, all that kind of stuff. And we went to the match, we were all very excited. And all the way, Hans was like, like the devil, basically. Like, oh, you don't want to support West Ham. You, man, you, that's better. 
all the way. So then, the, when, you know, when we scored, unusual last season, but when we scored, up we were just, I was like, oh, I don't, know. don't know how to respond. Okay, well, this time, uh, yeah, it's quite, and then he wouldn't wear that shirt, he wouldn't wear that shirt. And you know how much those shirts cost? <laughs> if my mother could have got hold of hands at that point. Anyway. He won't wear it. He won't wear it to his school football. He'll only wear it when he can wear something over it. Anyway, it's all Hans's fault. It is all Hans's fault. <laughs> if you say to Josiah, I- I've had Chris Page beat Josiah up, as you do, because he's a West Ham fan, you see. And he says, uh, and Josiah says, actually, I don't, I don't support a football team. I just like a kick around. <laughs> he can't cope with it anymore. Anyway, we went to this West Ham match. We took Augusto. Augusto was very amused by the way West Ham fans encouraged their team with gestures, signs, and choice language. Um, it's quite interesting to see that done and various things. And he was finding it quite amusing. And I must admit, it was amusing, that kind of thing. In fact, the best moments when someone from uh, Everton got sent off and we all stood up and waved him goodbye. It was lovely. <laughs> so it was like a carnival. And then we got to sing that stupid song every now and again. Anyway, all these boats sing about pretty bubbles. Anyway, anyway, here's the thing. Augusto, amused by these things. Of course, some of the choice language probably was going astray. He was amused. Josiah didn't like it at all. Uh, he, he, didn't, he was like he kept turning around. And uh, he goes to secondary school next year. I would think he'll hear a couple more choice terms, and that's just from the teachers. Um, here's, here's the interesting thing. I, I've, we've obviously got to think, how do we prepare him for that? I don't actually want him to miss out on enjoying the football match just because of the swearing, but it did start to make me feel... In fact, there was a guy, there was a, there was a guy behind me. He was going on. He was swearing about the football team, and then he was talking to his mate about some people they'd fallen out with and basically gossiping and going on. I mean, it was... It was very weird, and I realised, as I started to think about this, is that whole thing about our tongue. Our tongue... It's, see, he, here's the weird thing. Everyone could understand that what, what, what's, out, uh, what's in comes out. Uh, some, one of my friends has often said, better, better out than in. Yes. Uh, um, but, but actually, the thing about the tongue is what you say also goes in. That's, that's totally illogical from a human perspective. But the more you speak bile, the more it goes inside of you. And you just see that all the time. And I, I'm pretty sure that some of those guys there would not be half the Niled kind of angry things if they didn't say the stuff they said. And I think that, you know, we need a clear sound. We need a different way of being. Let's have a look at that first, James 3. Okay. It talks about the tongue. When we put bits into the mouth of horses or make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they steer by a very small rudder wherever the the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider uh, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, uh, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life uh, on fire and itself set on fire by hell. So, it's interesting. 
I kind of want to have the reaction Josiah has, feel uncomfortable, but I also know how we need to know how to be in those situations, those kind of things. Right. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15, it talks about the aroma of Christ. This is how we want to be instead. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. I kind of came past this verse again last night. I said, yes, aroma of Christ, aroma of Christ, look at that. Here's the interesting, it's a double-edged sword. To some, when they come by us, when we waft our aroma upon them, they're going to be, yes, I want a bit of that. Others, they're going to be really wound up. Because it's going to smell like death. This is not some nice kind of, this is not, you know, nice smells. It's not a bit of, you know, I can't remember any now, any smelly thing at all. Opium. Yes, poison. We're going through those old... Yeah, no, it's not... Chanel, something. It's, you know, it's not a nice smell that everyone can agree that's nice. For some, they're not going to like it. For some, our clear sound will be a problem. But for others, it will be great. Let me uh, give you a couple of stories. Uh, Max this up. Um, in the book uh, Spiritual Java, Bill Johnson, I think it's Bill Johnson, talks about going to a New Agey kind of spiritual shop and just walking up and down the aisles. Um, strange, but there you go, he decided to do. After he'd done this for, I don't know, a number of weeks, the shop owner said, Oi, when you come in here, it feels different. It feels at peace. Just his presence made a difference. Interesting, that. I've been been playing uh, football with the young people. Uh, They start about 10.30 and I go there about 11.30. My idea is that they've worn out a little bit. Um, good plan. You like that? They've been surprised by my sleeky skills. Um, I scored yesterday. They promptly then changed the pitch and decided to start from zero, so my goal was discounted. Here's the interesting thing. Um, football, and when kids play together, I remember when I was young, we, it was not always a unifying thing. You know? You didn't, you didn't, those ones that, those, those guys that weren't as good as others got left to the end and stuff like that. Yeah? I tell you about our young people, they are really inclusive. I was really proud of them. They passed me, I mean, that's, that's in itself was a thing. But they're different people with different skills and different abilities, and everyone's uh, cheering them on. There's one young person who I will name never takes the easy pass, but, um, but actually within that, uh, they're looking out for one another and giving ability and encouraging and that kind of stuff. That's quite something. That's the aroma of Christ there. That inclusive way of being, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's quite, quite something. Um, someone was telling me they came to our carol service. A couple of things. Firstly, they said, I, I kind of felt compelled to come. Well, that's interesting. I couldn't resist it. I was kind of real worried because you guys are weird. But, and she said, when I got there, I just kind of felt like I was supposed to be there and that I felt loved and there was caring and I brought one of my kids with me and they, they couldn't get enough of it and they said, can we go all the time? 
I think that, you know, for a little bit, there was the aroma of Christ. Now, I'm just talking about circumstantial things. There's things where we make a choice as well, but I think that's interesting in itself. Right. Okay. So the other part about clear sound is not only that which, that wafting, that kind of aroma of us, but that promise over a nation. And I, I could go on about this in a mythical way, lots and lots, but I will I try to resist too much of that. Um, certainly, I think there are some things that there can be, there can be uh, uh, a declaration that, that we make, which makes a difference. I think there can be um, I think there can be a prophetic song. There can be something that makes a difference that, that is a promise. Um, and we read some of those in the Bible. And I think we need to be thinking about some of those for our nation. So what is our message to the nation, our society and our communities? I don't think it's enough to, for us just to be nice and good and a, having a good aroma. That's why I'm saying it's not just the aroma of Christ. I think there's something about speaking out a promise and listening to hear what is that? What is God saying over our nation? What's God saying over our communities? What is the thing we should be doing? How should we be standing differently? That's why I was kind of looking at that whole Just Sweet Charlie thing. How should we be standing differently in itself? And then... Apologies to those who were assaulted with this about 10 years ago, but I started going back to Isaiah 60. And this, the standard bearer. So here we have a standard bearer. Um, I, it's interesting, historically, actually, the, the, it's sometimes called the ensign, or the, I'm probably not pronounced that right, but the, it's the lowest rank of an officer. And they're the one who often takes, takes the standard. They're also often the ones that are killed the most. Because, of course, if you're holding this great big pole, then everyone can see you and they go after you. People rally to the standard because you know where you're going, right? Here's the thing. He has to e- exemplify and have the aroma about him. But he also makes a declaration about where he's going. I think for us, so that's partly what we're... We need to be doing. Say, God, what is the standard we should be holding up? What is the flag we should be saying? What is the thing we should be declaring? How should it be worked out in my life? There's two, there's two sides to this. Two things come together. If we look at Isaiah 60, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. I've lost it. I'll find it again. Come to me. Here we go. Rise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. There is something very attractive. And I think that's to do with an aroma, and I think it's to do with a declaration as well. And that's key. And that's what we need to be asking God. And here's the bit. Here's the bit of discomfort for me. I can't tell you what that should be. I can't tell you what the standards should be. I can't tell you actually in your life what the aroma should be. But that's partly what we're doing. That's partly what we're saying. I'm, I wanted to give you the question that we can start keep asking. God, what is the aroma? What's the thing that needs to change within me? What's the thing you want to be um, worked out through me? And also, God, what is the declaration we should be making as a church, as a people, to make a difference, to see things different? There is a sense, and we put this on the slide last week, that we want to, um, we're a voice in the wilderness, and we're saying, prepare the way of the Lord. We're ahead. We're making uh, a statement. We're not a fad. Okay? It's a bit different that way. Right. Right.